You ever have one of those days where the day before you tell yourself you're going to get up early and be productive? And then that next day you, I don't know, sleep in for two hours and just be as unproductive as possible? That was yesterday for me. But today's a new day, and it is the Vince Salerno Podcast, episode 16. Today's episode is pretty fun and exciting. We're talking all things Star Wars Celebration, from the Last Jedi panel to the 40th anniversary panel to Rebels Battlefront 2 Black Series. And we're going to talk about, briefly, a couple of new stories that broke over the week. So sit back and relax, because the Vince Salerno Podcast starts right now. What's going on, you guys? Welcome to the Vince Salerno Podcast, episode 16, on this Friday, April 21st, 2017. As always, I'm your host, Vince Salerno, and today we're talking Star Wars. It's a good day. Um, Star Wars is one of my favorite things ever, so to dedicate a whole episode to Star Wars is uh, pretty great, and it probably won't be the last time I do so. I look forward for more Star Wars-heavy episodes in the future, but before we get into that, we have a couple of stories that I wanted to talk about um, that broke over the past couple days. Not too much, just a few. We'll breeze through them pretty quickly. First, uh, Captain Marvel, the first female superhero film from Marvel, has got its directors. It's been reported that Mississippi Grind directors Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleek will helm the film. Um, as I said, they are known for films like Mississippi Grind... They've also worked on uh, stuff like Half Nelson, It's Kind of a Funny Story, and TV episodes of The of the Affair and Billions. So I've never seen any of these people's work. Uh, not a single thing. And maybe I should uh, watch their stuff before I judge. But I'm actually really happy with this choice. Um, I know Marvel was really um, hard-pressed on getting a female director. And this is what's led a lot of people actually... Mad. This kind of has created a little bit of a controversy. This movie, the fact that you've you've got a female and male director, a a duo working on this film, and that's pe- left people kind of mad. Like, why can't why? Of course, Marvel can't hire just a woman to direct a film, but it's not that okay. Because Marvel's not one of those studios that'll just hire men. That is ridiculous. I mean, heck. Nicole Perlman wrote the script for this movie with another female writer, and Nicole Perlman co-wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. She wrote the first draft until James Gunn polished it up and did his own little take on it. And I applaud Marvel for actually hiring a female director, albeit it's not her movie, but who cares if she has a co-director? I mean, it, it honestly, it doesn't even matter what gender they are. What matters is that they're good storytellers. I don't want them hiring someone like freaking Sam Taylor Johnson was on this list who directed Fifty Shades of uh, Darkness or whatever the second one of the sequels called or the first one, whatever, crap movies. Um, I'm not impressed with her resume. And if she's going to come in and direct a crap Mar- Captain Marvel movie, then no, don't hire her just because she's a female. But these two look promising. It seems like their work uh, is very character-driven. So... I'm expecting a very character-driven story with Captain Marvel. So I, I celebrate this, and I think this is fantastic. So hats off to uh, Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleek, and uh, I hope they do a great job. I just want to see Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I just want to see that. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> All right, next. Um, 
Big story. Big story. Really excited. James Gunn will return to write and direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and will introduce a will introduce 10 years worth of um, material for uh, Marvel's cosmic cinematic universe. This makes me happy and sad. I'm happy because, of course, James Gunn is coming back to direct a franchise he started. For me, Guardians of the Galaxy is like the new Star Wars. I mean, of course, there's no such thing as a new Star Wars. You cannot replace Star Wars. But it's, it's nothing has come close to Star Wars, I think, since... Guardians of the Galaxy, like, everybody loves it. And that's not just because it's a big sci-fi action flick. It's because of the characters and the story, and people can relate to these characters. And James Gunn is a master at this, and that's why I'm so excited he's coming back. He's one of my new favorite directors. Guardians is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm, I'm, I am hella excited for Guardians 2, no pun intended. If you're Marvel fans, you know what I'm talking about with the hella thing. <laughs> But uh, it gets me sad because he talks about it as if it's going to be his last go-round with these characters and with the with uh, the Guardians Marvel franchise. So if he if he hung up the if he hung up the mantle after this movie, I would understand. But honestly, I I don't see anybody else making these films. I need James going to be making all Guardians movies for the rest of his life. <laughs> but my, here's my theory. I think what's going to happen is. The roster will shift. Some characters might die. Some characters might move on. Some characters will stay. But it'll be the end of the James Gunn era of Guardians movies. And somebody else will come on to take on Volume 4. And the tone and the style of the Guardians franchise will shift a little bit. Not too much, because that style is like ingrained with that, with that name, Guardians of the Galaxy. But it'll shift a little bit. And I think that's okay, as long as you get somebody else to interpret it differently and not do exactly what James Gunn did. But, I don't know, guilty pleasure, I'm sad. I'm sad that James Gunn might leave this franchise. Um, I just want him to do Guardians for the rest of his life. But uh, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll have to see Volume 2 to look forward to again, and then Volume 3 is going to come out. But just the fact that James Gunn is coming back to write and direct is music to my ears. I was I would be okay with him just coming back to write the script at least and then have someone else direct, but the fact that he's doing both is amazing. So even more excited for the future of Guardians. All right, um, two more stories. Will Smith is in talks to play the genie in Aladdin, which will be directed by Guy Ritchie. Ah, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, on one side, Will Smith is hilarious when he wants to be. He is super funny. I can just I can just picture him going all fresh Prince of Bel Air on Bel Air, sorry, on with his genie. Um, on another end, he's not my first choice, and I don't really know what they're gonna do with this interpretation of genie. So I mean this just broke like last night, I think, so I don't have any continued thoughts on it, but I'm looking forward to the movie. Aladdin's one of my favorite Disney films of all time, next to Beauty and the Beast, of course. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'll wait and see what happens. Maybe maybe he'll blow our socks off. Maybe it'll be the worst thing ever, but uh, nothing is finalized. So, Will Smith being the genie? Sure. I don't know. Probably not. All right, last story before we get into Star Wars. Josh Brolin is going to play Cable in Deadpool 2. What? This is crazy. 
first thought I had was, Thanos is going to play Cable? Isn't that jumping the universe? What are you doing, Josh Brolin? But then I had a, an afterthought, and I realized that maybe Thanos in Infinity War will not survive um, Avengers. Will not survive. He'll die, be defeated by the end of the second, the fourth movie, Avengers 4. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, I'm happy that he's Cable. He was actually he was actually my first choice, but I knew it would never happen because he's Thanos. But that idea in mind, it's it's definitely possible it's going to happen. So I guess that makes me sad because maybe we won't see a lot of Thanos after Avengers 4. Or maybe he'll come back later on. I hope they do. I hope they don't just kill him off and let him be dead forever. But Josh Brolin deserves his own superhero, and to give him Cable, I think, is great. I think he'd make a great Cable. Like I said, he's, he was my choice, but having him be in Avengers complicates things. But I just can't wait to see the banter between him and Deadpool. He'd be great. He is going to be great. I can already see them writing up a bunch of uh, uh, MCU meta-humor in Deadpool 2, like, you know, like oh, where's your, where's your gauntlet? Oh, wait, sorry, wrong franchise. Or is it? <laughs> so... That's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, go back to your, go back to sitting on your throne, purple man. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. I wasn't that excited for Deadpool two, but now, now I'm really excited for Deadpool two. So, bring on Josh Brawl and his cable. Now on to Star Wars Celebration Orlando. So, for those of you who don't know, there is a Comic Con like event that happens every year, or at least about every year, called Star Wars Celebration, and it's always held in a different part of the world. Um, one year was ho it was hosted in Anaheim where they announced Force Awakens they showed the Force Awakens trailer one year was in London that was last year I believe and then this year it was in Orlando Florida so and this year was had a lot to um, live up to especially since last year so last year's um, celebration was a bit of a letdown because the year before, you gave us they gave us a lot of news, Lucasfilm. They gave us the trailer and all these big reveals for The Force Awakens, in addition to the cast being there to present the movie, or the info on the movie. Um, you had announcements about Battlefront, the new Battlefront game, um, Star Wars Rebels was going on, they had Season 2 stuff. Um, I, I could go on and on about the stuff they revealed that that first Star Wars celebration before The Force Awakens came out. It was huge. And the following year, last year, was a bit of a disappointment because all they really showed was a sizzle reel behind-the-scenes stuff for Rogue One. There was an exclusive trailer shown to people only at Celebration, so nobody got to see this exclusive look at Darth Vader in the movie. Um, they announced that Grand Admiral Thrawn would be a canon character in Star Wars Rebels, and then a couple of books, a couple of action figures from the Black Series, but... That was it. And for people who went to Star Wars Celebration, I have no doubt they had a great time. But in regards to living up to that expectation, they, they just dropped the ball. And, and to top it off, Kathleen Kennedy stupidly said at the end of the panel, at the end of the celebration, like, okay, um, you know, see you guys next year. It's going to be a lot better. Why would you say something like that to make matters even worse? Like, it's, it's like admitting that you drop the ball on Celebration. Um, but, you know, I'm assuming that after that, they knew what they did, and they regrouped, and they came back this year with quite a wallop. And let's get right into it. First off, 
so I wasn't able to watch everything as it happened because I was on set for uh, Chirp, Buzz, and Other Sensations, a movie that I'm doing, uh, being head of sound for, being directed by Miley Durbin, a great film, really funny. Um, I'll put a link in the description to for you guys to check it out and, get, and help them out. They are uh, still looking for funds, I believe. So anyway, sorry, getting off topic. But I was on set for that all day, so I couldn't watch stuff live. Um, but then when I got home at the end of the day, I watched the 40th anniversary panel, which kicked off the event. And um, you know, we didn't really know who was going to be there. We knew it was going to be about the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, looking back on 40 years of this amazing franchise. And Warwick Davis kicked it off, and Kathleen Kennedy came out, and they did their little intros. And to everyone's surprise, the first person to come out was George Lucas himself, the master of all things Star Wars. And... And it was great. It was like it was like him embracing the new era of Star Wars, even though he's been kind of bitter about it. And even in this panel, you could s sense a little bit of bitterness, I think, with his attitude towards the new generation of Star Wars films. But he was a good sport about it. He revealed some pretty interesting details about the making of the originals and the prequels and uh, developing um, Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, and Star Wars... Re well, not Rebels. He wasn't part of Rebels. But developing Star Wars Clone Wars... Um, it was just great to have him there, and of course he'd be there because it's the 40th anniversary. He's ob obviously he's incredibly proud of this film and the fact that it was even successful and that you know it, it captured the imagination of millions of people. And he he even went so far as to say that like oh St Star Wars is for 12 year olds. <laughs> that was uh that was pretty funny, and that just kind of makes me think like well every person that loves Star Wars is just reliving their 12 year old self. <laughs> so that was great. And then after that, they had the, what I think is the um, next generation of George Lucas, Dave Filoni come out and talk about his work with George Lucas on uh, the Clone Wars and how much fun they had and him being sort of the apprentice to the master. I mean, I genuinely believe that Filoni is the new George Lucas in terms of developing Star Wars lore and knowing Star Wars better than anybody else besides Lucas himself. I mean, maybe pa Pablo Hidalgo, but he's more of a canon guy. Um, so he came out. They had a great time. And then they brought out, which was so awesome, they brought out Hayden Christensen and Ian McDermott, who played Anakin Skywalker and Emperor Palpatine. And to me, that was Lucasfilm saying, we're tying up all loose ends. We're, we're kissing all the wounds, embracing everything Star Wars, good or bad. Um, so and it was great to see that that we're, we we've all learned to move past the fact that the prequels are kind of bad films they're not terrible they're I'm de I've definitely seen worse but they're not great but to to have us be able to move past that and just celebrate what they are and the actors who put a lot into these characters is great I mean seeing Hayden Christensen there just warmed my heart I, I think he had a great time and I think it was a little skittish because he didn't know how the fans would react but everybody. Everybody loved that he was there. They gave him a standing ovation. They were screaming at his name during interviews. It was great. And I, I hope he keeps coming back because, man, I, I, I loved seeing him there. It was great. And seeing Ian McDermott talk about when George Lucas first asked him to be the, to be the emperor, and then several years later having him play a different character. is like, oh, you want me to play the senator? And then later on being like, oh, yeah, well, it's Palpatine. <laughs> that was awesome. Seeing, seeing the prequel era people there was great. And seeing... Liam Neeson and Mace Windu send in videos of them expressing love for Star Wars and thanking George Lucas for everything, and uh, Samuel Jackson being like, hey, I'm still waiting for my Mace Windu movie or Mace Windu's return, to which I say, yes, 
get Samuel L. Jackson in the Mace Windu movie or something. That would be so fantastic. <laughs> if he's game, do it. Do it. Um, and then later on we got to what was really exciting for me, the talk with uh, Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, and Peter Mayhew. They were talking about Jules Lucas bringing them on to the project and their love for the franchise, of course. And then they brought out Mark Hamill, who was obviously like a bundle of joy, the heart and soul of Star Wars, I think. Um, he just lit up the room and started cracking jokes about George Lucas and, and Star Wars. And then, to everybody's um, surprise, nobody saw this coming, Harrison Ford comes out on stage and joins Mark Hamill and George Lucas, and he starts making jokes about um, Indiana Jones and, and, and just talking about remembering remembering the audition with George Lucas and that George Lucas thinks he was waiting for him and, and Harrison Ford's like, no, I wasn't waiting for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was just a great way to start off Celebration. Warwick Davis leading the whole thing. He had some moments to talk about his past with Star Wars and thanking George for the time that he gave him to be on set. And uh, to top it all off, they did a beautiful tribute to Carrie Fisher, who passed away last year. Um... Uh, that that gave a lot of people some uh, misty eyes, including myself. And then to top it all off again, John Williams comes out and and performs um, the Princess Leia theme. And then Billy Lord comes out and says, you know, talks about her mother. Um, it was just a fantastic way to start celebration at 40th anniversary panel, embracing Star Wars, old and new, and embracing Carrie Fisher and what she meant to the franchise and how missed she will be. I just love that. So that was day one, the big thing, I think. Day two started about, I got up at like 7.30 a.m. for this because it was the Star Wars The Last Jedi panel. And I, I told myself, like, if they're not going to show a trailer, we riot. <laughs> but they did. Um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So the panel starts off with... Surprise, Josh Gad is the one hosting the panel, the guy who's been teasing Daisy Ridley, trying to get information about The Last Jedi. I thought that was so brilliant that they got him to be the host of that panel. I think he, he did a great job. He was always funny. There was never a dull moment with him. Um, just awesome. I freaking love Josh Gad. <laughs> um, and then he brought out Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson. They talked about the movie. They revealed some stills. Um... Johnson, Ryan Johnson had this uh, old Kodak camera that he carried around and took pictures uh, behind the scenes. He took pictures of Poe and Ray and Finn and Stormtroopers and green screens and stuff like that. Uh, super cool to see that he did that. Um, and then eventually they bring on four characters from the movie. They brought out Daisy Ridley, who obviously plays Ray. They brought out uh, John Boyer, who plays Finn. They brought out Mark Hamill, who obviously plays Luke Skywalker. And then they brought out a new character, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who plays, who has been revealed to be a character named Rose, who is a maintenance worker and gets caught up in an adventure with Finn and Poe and BB-8. Uh, and is rumored to be a love interest to Finn, which I'm totally into. <laughs> and then obviously BB-8 came out too. So this was probably my one complaint about the whole Last Jedi panel, was the lack of guests and stars. Um, not that these people weren't great. Of course, they are fantastic people, uh, the best people to get out for this um, 
get out there for this movie. But, uh, I mean, Oscar Isaac was caught up with something, so he couldn't be there. It's understandable. But where was Adam Driver or Gwendolyn Christie or or um, Benicio Del Toro or Laura Dern or Anthony Daniels or the guy who plays... Well, I guess the guy who plays Chewbacca is filming Han Solo right now, so you can't do that. But, like, where where was the rest, where was the rest of the cast? That's what I was wondering. And maybe they're... Same thing. They're all unavailable. They couldn't make it, but... I mean, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren wasn't able to show up. That's I'm I find that very hard to believe. I mean, I don't believe there's like beef going on between Lucasfilm and them, but I just don't know why there was such a lack of uh, guests there or stars from the movie. So that was a little weird. But then again, it's not it's not Star Wars: The Force Awakens again. Where we need to like do this big grand spectacle and reintroduce the franchise. Um, but at the same, I mean, having those four was great. I mean, hearing about. Kelly Marie Tran's character was really exciting that her name is Rose. Oh, so the first thing I did was text my friend Rose Dayton, who's another big Star Wars fan and friend of mine, and she was just like, oh my gosh, there's a character named Rose! Like, I know, right? It's so exciting for you! <laughs> and uh, that was great. And they reveal some great official stills of Luke Skywalker in the movie, Ray, Rose, uh, Poe, Finn, BB-8, um, uh, Carrie Fisher as Leia, they touched on how great she's going to be in this movie, and I totally believe she's going to be fantastic in the film. Um, I think they're going... They really worked on her performance since The Force Awakens, which, you know, was good, but not fantastic, I think. Uh, but I think she's really going to impress some people in this movie if if Ryan Johnson is right. And, um... Yeah, no, no, no big reveals in regards to, like, Force Ghosts or Anakin Skywalker, Luke, or Yoda being Force Ghosts. I really think that's going... Or Luke... Anakin, Yoda, or Obi-Wan being Force Ghosts, excuse me, I think that's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be revealed. That's a big thing you want to keep under wraps. Um, they said we're going to learn about Rey's parents, obviously, and who she is and where she comes from. I'm still, I'm 50% she's a Skywalker, 50% she's a Kenobi, maybe 10, well, 50-50. 50-50 she's either one, but I still think there's a small chance she could be just related to somebody else, or she's like a uh, virgin force. Well, actually, no, she, she can't be a virgin force uh, baby because someone dropped her off on Jakku. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't believe she's a virgin a virgin birth. I believe she is a... She, she, has a, she has parents, and they are either Kenobi's... Or they're either... She's either the granddaughter of Kenobi, or she's a, the daughter of Luke. 50-50 chance that it's either one. I, I firmly believe that. I don't care what you say. I'm still holding out hope that she is a Skywalker. Uh, so anyways, let's get into, uh, really quick, the poster. The poster was beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous poster. It really has a callback uh, feel to the original Star Wars with Luke Skywalker holding up lightsaber Leia on, her, on his side. It has a callback to that, and then you see Luke and, and Kylo uh, covered in red in the background, sort of darkened out. Um, just it was it was it was amazing. It's a great poster. It's one I really want to hang up in my uh, in my room. I want to get my hands on that, but they're going for like five hundred dollars right now on eBay, so it's kind of impossible. Given my financial situation, no need to get into that. But uh, I, I mean, a lot of people have been reading into the poster a little too much, saying that. The fact that the blue bleeds into the red means that she, Ray is on a journey that will determine whether she falls to the light side of the dark or that she is the light in between 
Luke and Kylo and that she's going to become a great Jedi. Great Jedi are not canon. If you're if you think great Jedi are canon, they're not and they're not going to be. So I have I have completely disregarded the fact the idea of there being great Jedi in this lore or Rey becoming a great Jedi, Luke becoming a great Jedi. Um, which I guess let, let's get into the trailer right now. So the trailer trailer was pretty awesome. It was a teaser and I think people were expecting a little more because it's the first look and they're trying to compare it to the trailer that we got at Celebration two years ago for Force Awakens. But the fact is, it's a teaser, and it's about the same length as the first teaser for Star Wars The Force Awakens, the very, very first one. But we get some great shots of Rey and Luke on the island, Rey training and, and having rocks hover in the air. That was such a dope shot. I love that. We get glimpses of Rey and Finn and Poe. The only shot we get of Finn is him in that BAFTA tank uh, mech suit thing. And that was so aggravating for me because Finn's my favorite character in The Force Awakens, or at least one of them. And to see him just just have that one shot in the, in the trailer was really aggravating. So I wish we would have seen more of him, but that's okay. I'm sure we'll we'll get a lot more of him. We got shots of Kylo, one shot of Kylo showing that his scar has been adjusted um people are really up in arms about that whole scar thing and ryan johnson has justified his statement saying that it looks goofy going down the side of his nose uh, i look i love ryan johnson but come on you, so if it looks goofy looks goofy maybe tweak it a little bit make it make it subtle like you did with his eye but don't don't go change that's something huge okay you can't just change something like that that's, that's it's just ridiculous you, you don't you don't do that i don't care if you didn't like it live with it but you know it's not going to bother them it's not going to ruin the movie for me so we just got to live with it okay <laughs> anyways um a lot of intriguing shots my favorite shot was the shot of that land speeder spaceship thing crashing or uh, not crashing but uh landing on the surface of this this white snow planet with red mist or red dirt um, and they're charging towards these AT-ATs, uh, just beautiful, beautiful landscape, I thought. I just was captivated by that shot alone. And of course, the big statement that we're left to decipher is Luke Skywalker saying it's time for the Jedi to end. And initially, if you watch my trailer reaction, I'll link that in the video. Initially, I thought it was, um, Luke saying the, the Jedi have to become something more than Jedi, like the... the the name Jedi has to die, and something else must take must take its place. So, so that Luke and Rey have to become more than just Jedi. But the more the more I think about it, and the more I hear about Grey Jedi not being canon anymore, I don't. I've disregarded that theory. I think this is Luke Skywalker at the beginning of the movie. Rey wants him to train her, and he says no. The Jedi. I've tr I've done this several times. It's never worked out. It's time for the Jedi to end. We just, I, I give up. So, you know, thank you for giving me back my lightsaber. Uh, here's five bucks. Get a, get a slushy at 7-Eleven. I'll see you around. <laughs> uh, that's, I think that's what's exactly what's going to happen. And it's up to Rey to convince Luke to train her. And I think that's a great dynamic. Luke is a, having Luke be a broken man who is a hella powerful Jedi who has lost all hope. And Ray needs to needs to rekindle that hope within him, 
Uh, I mean, this is this is Luke Skywalker is the new hope. So seeing him not have hope is so in intriguing now for me. So I'm interested to see how Ray is going to convince him to train her. Obviously, because obviously he's going to. If if you watch the trailer and you assumed he's he's not going to train her at all in this movie, you're dumb because he's going to train her. He's going to get his hope back, but the question is how. Uh, and that's it. I mean, I love the trailer. The panel was a little underwhelming because of the amount of stars that were there, or actors. But, hey, it was a great panel. And, uh, really made up for what we didn't get last year with Rogue One. It was kind of boring. It, was, it wasn't it was that interesting. And we didn't get a lot of great reveals. But this was the biggest reveal we got this weekend. And it was totally made up for everything. Absolutely everything. Okay, as hard as it is to move on from The Last Jedi, we're going we're gonna to have to... I'm going to touch briefly on Star Wars Rebels, which, I'll be honest, I haven't been watching Star Wars Rebels at all. Um, but I've, I've, been watch, I've been keeping up. I've, I, like, I know that Obi-Wan Kenobi was in the... Uh, or, wait, before I go in... Spoilers! Sorry. Spoilers for Rebels. If you don't want to know what happens, go away. I know that Maul and Alec Guinness Obi-Wan face off, and he kills him in a badass way, but it's very, you know, sad and poetic... Um, you know, a very uh, uh, fitting conclusion to Darth Maul's story, I think. Um, I know that happened, and I know that they've been getting in a darker, darker route since the beginning, and that season four will be a lot darker, and it will actually be the final season of Star Wars Rebels. So based on... I, I watch a lot of Collider Jedi Council with Christian Harloff, and uh, he's been saying that four should be the last season because they're... There's a lot of talk about a new Star Wars TV series coming, a new animated TV series coming, and I think that's what's up next after this fourth season. So, um, I can't really speak much about it because I don't watch Rebels, but um, it makes sense based on what I've heard from uh, Collider Jedi Council, what I've heard from what I've heard from other people, what I've seen, what I've read, and uh, yeah, bring it on. I've I loved that they brought back Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's, I've been reading the Thrawn books right now. He's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars lore. And uh, they're bringing in um, Rook, uh, Thrawn's personal bodyguard in Season 4. He's going to be voiced by Warwick Davis in the final season of Rebels. And I think that's just great, just embracing more of the uh, the Legends lore and bringing those characters back into the to canon. I think that's fantastic. I don't know how many more characters you can do that with, but the more the merrier. So bring it on. And Dave Filoni seems really adamant about this because he doesn't want what happened with uh, Clone Wars, which was sort of pulled out from underneath him, to uh, happen with Rebels. So he wants to end it on his own terms. So I totally respect that. Which, but even, even if he didn't want to continue for another two seasons, I don't think it would have died because ratings, from what I believe, are... I've been pretty good for Rebels, so... But, again, I understand where he's coming from, so... Whatever Filoni wants to do. He is... He is an ex-George Lucas, so... Let him do what he wants. Okay, so... Moving on to Star Wars Battlefront 2. So, if you've been playing the new Star Wars Battlefront game, you know that it's... Kind of a disappointment. Uh, I own it. My brother and I bought it, and we played it for about a week and we're kind of bored after that. And I, I, I go home every three months to play that game, and after maybe a day of playing it nonstop, I'll be done for a week, and then I'll pick it up again. And just, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's fun in the moment, but then after a while it gets a little 
boring. And, again, you know, there, there's not a lot of... I mean, it's, it's fun to do. You get to play as a Star Wars character. You get to play as Luke and Han and Leia and, and uh, Rogue One characters now and other classic characters. That's the joy I get out of it. But for some people... It was disappointing that you had to buy a season pass, and then you had to buy the game, and then the fact that there's not a lot to it. Um, I mean, it looks like they put a lot of work into it. The detailing and the locations and the characters look great, except for Han Solo's hair. Can't get over that. <laughs> but uh, it was a very underwhelming game. And seeing the panel for Battlefront 2 just blew myself, and I, I think everybody else away. Not only do they have a single-player story mode, but they have all new characters. We're going to see all sort all the eras of Star Wars, from prequel era to original trilogy era to sequel trilogy era and Rogue One era. Uh, and that's really exciting for me, I think, and for everybody. Everybody's excited about this. But the the most intriguing thing is the Untold Soldier single-player story, which follows. Um, this girl from Sleepy Hollow uh, does the voice cap, the motion capture animation, and the voice for this character. I don't remember her name, but she's part of this Inferno Squadron, um, or Inferno Squad, which is like the Black Ops or the elite of the elite of the Empire. And it follows these people right after the Death Star is blown up outside of Endor, and they have to. They decide to avenge the Emperor. And it follows this 30-year story um, following from that moment to when we get to The Force Awakens of this woman just hellbent on destroying the rebels and the resistance. And I think that's just super compelling in seeing that, you know, maybe she learns that she's sort of fighting for a lost cause. Like she goes mad trying to destroy the resistance, uh, which leads her into just losing her mind in... Uh, 30 years later in the Force Awakens era. Uh, that's just really exciting to me. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I'm, I am excited to see that. That's the kind of story and character development that I like to see in games and movies and television. Uh, and I'm excited to see how her character progresses and digresses over the course of 30 years, meeting Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren and all these classic characters. Um, another thing is that you can actually play as... There's a portion of the game where you get to play as Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren, so that's something to look forward to as well. We've gotten confirmation that some of the playable characters that you'll get to see and play as are Darth Maul, Yoda, Rey, Kylo Ren, Luke Skywalker, and I'm sure many others will be announced in the near future, but also you, if you pre-order now, I believe, you'll get to unlock um, costumes from... The Last Jedi for Rey and Kylo Ren. And we've already seen a brief glimpse of Kylo Ren's costume. It's him maskless, and he looks like he's got that same garb uh, from The Force Awakens, but he's got a cape on. So we haven't seen his full costume. We know he's got his original lightsaber back because of the trailer, but that's just really exciting to know that he's probably embracing more of a Darth Vader look because uh, he's such a fanboy. Can't wait to see that. That's going to be awesome. Um, release date will be in November... Um, a, a month before the the Last Jedi comes out, almost said the Force Awakens. So, obviously, I think they'll have a couple of hints of what to look forward to in the Last Jedi. Maybe that's exciting, and um, I 
read somewhere that you don't have to buy a season pass or that when you buy a season pass you get the game or that, you know, people didn't like that going into this. I don't know a lot about video games and stuff like that, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But I know that was something that not a lot of people were looking forward to. My brother didn't like that either. So the fact that we don't have to deal with that is great, I guess. Video games. Season passes. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah, Battlefront 2 looks like a major improvement on the first game, and I cannot wait to get this and play this nonstop with my brother. So, bring on Battlefront! All right, let me see if I can get into all of this before I run out of time. I want to touch on the Black Series, because you guys know I'm a huge action figure fan, and I love collecting the Star Wars Black Series figures. I just got the Han Solo 40th Anniversary Black Series figure, which I'm going to do a review on uh, sometime next month, so look out for that. But in terms of what was revealed at Celebration, I'll just start from the top, um, from StarWars.com. First reveal was we're getting vehicles for the Black Series 6-inch figures, and one of the, those vehicles is going to be uh, Ray's Speeder from The Force Awakens. I love this thing in The Force Awakens. It had a great design, and it and just looked cool to see on screen. Um, the fact that we're getting a 6-inch version of this, or 6-inch scale version of this, is awesome. Uh, the figure looks like to be slightly different from the original release figure. She has uh, double-jointed knees, like unlike the previous release Ray figure. She has all her uh, scavenger garb that we saw her in the beginning of the movie with, and it's going to start at $59, or $59.99, available fall 2017, so look out for that. Um, the other vehicle that was announced was Luke's um, X-34 Landspeeder, which is my favorite speeder in all of Star Wars history. I remember getting this as a Lego set. It was one of my first Lego sets ever as a kid. And so I just, I have a very sentimental connection with this, with this uh, set, or this vehicle in the Star Wars franchise. Um, it has a brand new design, Luke Skywalker, or at least, actually no, sorry, just the new head sculpt. Nothing else is new, except we've got um, his binoculars, or whatever they're called. He's got his hat with the glasses on it. Uh, he's got a lightsaber, but not with the blade, I think. Uh, but it looks, looks fantastic. That's going to start at... Uh, $59.99 as well, retail price, also available fall 2017, so look out for that. And uh, getting into the figures, just figures alone, First, that first thing that was announced was a Black Series version of the Clone Commander Gree, which I don't remember this figure. I think I saw him in Episode 3, but I, I, I honestly don't remember, but... I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> He's going to start at $24.99 retail price, available t summer 2017, and it's going to be a Toys R Us exclusive. So if you're into Commander Gree or just clone troopers in general with green, uh, look for that at Toys R Us. He does look really cool. I'll give it that. Uh, the biggest reveal for me was the 6-inch Grand Admiral Thrawn figure. I'm reading the books right now on Thrawn, and after I... After I got halfway through that book, I was like, oh my gosh, we need a, we need a, we need a Black Series Thrawn figure now. And now we're getting it, and he looks exactly like how he looks, not only in the show, Rebels, but he, how he looks in the books, too. It's, it's, it's a great-looking figure. Um, he's going to start up at 
1999 retail price available fall 2017. So probably around the time of uh, Force Friday 2. Um, and then also some Comic-Con reveals are going to be coming out this year. The, the A new version of the X-34 Landspeeder just announced with Luke Skywalker, but there's some brand new accessories like a lightsaber, uh, a poncho, uh, a staff, the staff that Luke used to fight off the uh, sand people or attempted to fight off the sand people with. <laughs> um, that is going to be retail price of $89.99 available at San Diego Comic-Con, so it's an exclusive, so you can only find it at Comic-Con this year. Same with um, an exclusive re-release of Thrawn, which comes with uh, a display of all his artifacts he loves to collect. He's a big art collector, if you know Thrawn and the, and the lore. Some display stand, mini display stands of artifacts. He's got a clone trooper helmet. He's got a cup, a lightsaber, a mask, this weird lizard... Um, mantle piece, really cool stuff, but uh, I'm not into that. But that's going to be a Comic-Con exclusive starting at $49.99 retail price, again, available at Comic-Con. Um, next, we have the 6-inch version of Jaina Solo, which is a not a canon character. This is a Legends character. This was the daughter of Han Solo and Leia, and uh, she comes with a purple lightsaber. She comes in a black um, fighter pilot ma uh, suit and helmet. She's got a Han Solo um, blaster. She looks really cool. I haven't read up about this character in in, um, in uh, canon or nine canon. I haven't read about this character in the books, but uh, she looks really cool. Retail price starting at $19.99, available fall 2017. This is actually the fan-voted figure of 2016. Oh, so this was the fan vote. Okay, I, I partook in this. I didn't vote for her because I didn't know who she was, but uh, good for them. So that we, we got we got a Legends uh, figure. So for those of you who are sticklers about them not embracing uh, the old lore or the Legends lore, um, what now? <laughs> okay. This was the next big exciting reveal for me. We're fi finally getting a Grand Moff Tarkin action figure, 6-inch. And um, he comes with a uh, those ball-like hover droids with the shots. He has a blaster, I think. Maybe? I don't know. Probably doesn't. But uh, he looks fantastic. Looks exactly like um, Peter Cushing, who played uh, Tarkin in the original trilogy and technically in Rogue One. Um... Retail price $19.99, available spring 2018. What? We have to, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. We have to wait until 2018 to get Tarkin. Oh well, you know what they say, good things come to those who wait, so I will wait patiently. If you want to get Tarkin, you're going to have to wait. You and me both. All right, last figure that was announced was an exclusive Battlefront 2 exclusive figure, the 6-inch Inferno Squadron pilot figure. This is going to start at $19.99 retail price and available fall 2017. Figure inspired by the new Star Wars Battlefront 2 video game available exclusively at GameStop. Um, I'm not into this figure. Um, I don't like the design that it looks just like a... I mean, it looks exactly like a TIE Fighter pilot. There's nothing really interesting or unique about it, I think. But, uh, I mean, besides it having the red Inferno Squadron paint, but... I don't know, whatever. But that's just me. But uh, I'm sure people, fans of the games, will love this figure, will want to get their hands on it. Um, 
if they were to come out with the main character of the game, which I'm kind of into, maybe I'd be interested in this, but I'm not really into it, so. Anyways, that was all that came out for Black Series. Um, I love... The big thing for me is Tarkin. I want to get a Tarkin figure so bad. He's one of my favorite villain characters in Star Wars history. And Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn's another big villain character that I'm a huge fan of. I love that this is an alien who is working with the Empire. And the, and the Empire is known for being sort of racist to women and aliens. So it's, it's interesting to see the few select um, people in, you know few minorities that are selected to be in the Empire, uh, like Thrawn and some of the women people we see in the Empire. Obviously, First Order is not so uh, lenient on being uh, sexist or racist. <laughs> so, yeah, that was basically it. I wanted to touch on Carrie Fisher's panel. Mark Hamill, I'll just say this briefly. Mark Hamill had a very, very touching and moving panel about Carrie Fisher sharing stories about them first meeting and the, the joy she brought into not only his life but everybody else's life um he got choked up very hard for him as you can see as you could can you can watch it on youtube you could see how hard it was for him to talk about carrie fisher um but just it really goes to show how big of an impact she had on everyone's life and she was just a super positive person who just cared about everybody didn't really care about acting appropriate or normal. She just kind of was herself, did what she wanted, um, regardless of how people think about her. <laughs> she was, she could, she could get very controversial at times, but, um, no, the fact that she just brought so much joy into people's lives and that she loved this franchise just as much as the franchise and the fans loved her, um, really goes to show what kind of person she was. And uh, this, that, I think this panel was a great way to remember her and keep her included in the Star Wars universe. And of course, you know, we will never forget our Princess Leia. So really, really touching uh, panel. And just to close off this whole thing, um, this was incredibly impressive. Blue last year's celebration, out of the water. Uh, the, Lucasfilm showed up this, this week. They gave us stuff for Last Jedi, they gave us all that great stuff for the 4th anniversary, uh, Rebels, oh, and also I forgot the Force of Destiny thing, that, that was really exciting to announce, that new mini-show with all the female characters, that's really great. Uh, Lucasfilm learned from their mistakes, and they really delivered, and like, I mean, like I said, I'm sure people who went had an even better time than if I, you know, than people like me who were sitting on their couches watching the whole thing. And I think that's what matters the most, not how much they reveal, but how much people who actually go get out of the event. Like, I could care less about, honestly, care less about me getting my money's worth at home. If people who are there have a great time, regardless of how much they reveal, that's what's really important. And I'm super glad that people who went had a great time. I hope they had a great time. I don't see how you can have a great time, but that, that's just incredible. Uh, next time I'll probably cover a big panel like this or a convention will probably be for Comic-Con and then again for D23, which we'll probably get some more Star Wars info on. So that that Star Wars, next Star Wars heavy episode may be coming sooner than you think. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. I uh, want to make a quick shout out to uh, Eddie Fay, my roommate Eddie Fay. He just submitted his, um, his Imagine Dragons 
music video for the Adobe Make the Cut competition. Um, it's a really good music video. He did a great job with it. I'm going to link it in the video so you guys can check it out. But once voting opens up, which will be May 1st of this year, um, if Eddie's video makes the cut, you should go and vote for him. He's His name is Eddie Fay. Um, he is a great editor. He did all the special effects on um, the primary job, my, my new short film. And, uh, yeah, I really think he, he – I've seen a lot of the music videos for this, and I think his his is the first one I genuinely like, not just because he's my friend, but he just genuinely did a great job. I would not be saying this if I did not believe that. <laughs> so show some support to Eddie and uh, vote on his video if it makes the cut. All right. That's all I got. Thank you for watching, guys. I hope you enjoyed this video episode of the Vince Lionel Podcast. If you did, hit that like button and subscribe to my YouTube channel. We can check out my short films, trailer reactions, and more episodes of the Vince Lionel Podcast. And with that, thank you all for watching. See you next time. God bless and peace out. Okay.